Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV today. Another Veronica Mars rewatch slash watch for the first time podcast with Jess. It's me. Who is freshly back from a dress appointment, which is exciting. Two dress appointments. Two dress appointments. Nutso, but hopefully fun. (laughs) Aren't you also back from follow-up dress appointments yeah but they were only 45 minutes each because they were a second time so that seems less intense wasn't where it was like an hour and a half ones that you had seen before yeah only okay yeah my first one was an hour and a half at Kleinfeld and then my second one was an hour at Spina honestly I tried on like way more though in the hour at the second one there's something about Kleinfeld that just like everything moves really slowly and we were like sharing the space with like a million other brides and I was like I think I hate this it was I sort weird. of assumed Kleinfeld would be very like you by yourself experience. oh no the way you see it on tv is not at all huh. the way it is for like unless you're on tv I assume then you have a different experience because you see a different experience but Got it. it's just like a bunch of people trying on dresses in like a big open room <laughs> basically oh. all right <laughs> well so it was very it- like overstimulating I would say If any of the chaotic energy of the two of us bleeds out into this episode, now you know why. Um, So let's get into it. We're talking about episode 15, episodes 15 and 16 of season one of Veronica Mars. For those of you who may have just clicked on this by accident, uh, we're getting closer to the end of season one. Um, Both of these episodes aired in 2005. Well, I guess we'll just talk about uh, Ruski Business, which is episode 15 first that aired on February 22nd, 2005. Uh, the quick synopsis is that Veronica tries to track down her friend Meg's secret admirer and on the side, a Russian bride's estranged fiance. Meanwhile, she discovers that Lynn Eccles' credit card has been used and dis- um, continues to help Logan determine what happened to his mother. It was directed by Guy Norman B and written by Phil Klemmer and John Enbum. And that's where I'll, you know, stop rambling about facts and we can start talking about how you felt about this episode. It was a medium episode. I liked parts of it, actually. I liked that Alison Hannigan was in it. That's yeah. her name, right? Yep. From Surprise. I met your mother. Yeah. This show is simultaneous with a lot of like starts of very famous long running TV shows. I feel like they have a lot of guest stars that were just budding actors and actresses in this in like 2005 like Leighton Meester last time and Allison Hannigan who like so fun yeah wasn't in How I Met Your Mother but was Buffy famous yeah I was gonna say she wasn't like new I'm pretty sure like I knew who she was even though I didn't watch Buffy like I knew she was in Buffy yeah so fun little cameo she appears in a couple more episodes I I have as usual like more trivia notes and less uh plot point by plot point so i mean basically the basically the the like building blocks of this episode were there's an 80s dance at the high school none of these really fit together well except somehow they do like the rusky business title of this episode is tying together um risky business like the tom cruise movie which is an 80s movie and then rusky like russian which is the Russian bride looking for her estranged fiance. Spoiler alert, that it's not actually the fiance. Um, and then the guy that they're looking for, his name is Tom Cruise. So it's like all these connections that are like sort of tenuous, but whatever. Uh yes, yeah, so we have an 80s dance at school, which bleeds into Meg having a secret admirer who wants to ask her to the dance. Uh Veronica feeling all sorts of like teenage angst about. Duncan and like Leo her new boyfriend and helping Meg out with this stuff and then also on the side helping Logan with his mother a lot of emotional drama going on and then finally this like side case for her dad the Russian bride looking for her Tom Cruise husband where do you want to start (laughs) do you have any preference uh I mean I have linear notes as normal because that's how I write them that's how I watch the show I thought, is that the right way to say that? Chronologically. Oh, no, I think think it worked. That's the word I wanted. (laughs) So Logan's mom, the Logan's mom situation was quite the roller coaster in this episode because I was like, 
wow, great news. Credit card was used. We're going to find out she's alive. Logan will be happy. It, it was giving like woman who has been abused is on the run and wants to appear that she's died. And I was like, that's an interesting storyline, I think. I mean, highlighting like domestic violence and how hard it is for women to speak up and how how hard it is to escape those situations. And is it, it feels like that's not that's not what's happening. I, it, I guess I don't feel like the lid is totally shut on her being alive potentially, but it does feel like I'm supposed to think now that like she definitely is dead and that is really sad. And, and I can't say I liked that. I wish that I, I wish it wasn't like that. Mm, I wish yeah. she was alive because it's, it's just like a really tragic storyline. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, they are definitely trying to make the lid seem closed on the Lynn Eccles story. Also bringing up even more tragic parts of Logan's past, like because we now have Trina um, played by Allison Hannigan talking, they have that like back and forth bantering half sibling thing where she says like, oh, you were always like boohoo, cigarette burns and like complaining, like crying wolf about your dad. And we like, we know that his dad is abusive. So like, that seems like it's probably yeah, that was true. <laughs> yeah. Really terrible. Uh, so just like a downer in this, this plot line for sure. When and she showed she- up, I was like, oh my God, his sister's Austin Hennigan. Like, that's so cool. And then she was immediately a huge Bad. bitch. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, I don't like that at all. And th- yeah. And then I called out the comment about her, like joking about him being abused by their dad. Cause I was like, what? the f is this like why yeah. is she like the worst human a psychopath yeah she reminds she is i know you've never seen buffy but for anyone who has seen buffy there is a dark willow character like the willow is the best friend um in buffy and then later on there's a dark willow character and this is very strong dark willow energy this terrible human being trina eccles yeah um, yeah she is terrible and i feel really sad for logan and i don't know if i mentioned this last time but i'm I'm feeling how you mentioned, no, you mentioned this a few episodes ago. You were like, I like seeing this dynamic with Veronica and Logan. Like you can see that they were, they were once friends. And I think at the time I argued with you and I said, I didn't really feel that. And I didn't really like it, but here I liked it. I feel like Mm -hmm. we're like actually seeing, and we've seen enough of his vulnerable side that it doesn't feel like forced. I'm feeling more accepting of the different facets of Logan's personality. This is obviously a really tragic situation. And so he couldn't be anything except vulnerable but I think the way they're doing it is feeling more genuine and I like that Veronica is like teaming up with him and like cares about his feelings and it is clear now to me as a person who's watching this for the first time that they were once friends and that they care about each other and I think that that was nice to see in this episode Mm, I'm glad yeah I definitely I I acknowledge my uh that my previous experience watching this is informing like I see things as happening sooner than they do because I like see the crumbs and they haven't actually built it up yet. And so I will refrain from, from like trying to put anything in your head. Cause I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like it's too soon when really like they were building up to, I'm, I'm glad you think that. Cause yeah. Uh, Logan is but you represent character. people who are listening, who've already seen it. You represent their views. So continue to speak your mind as long as you don't spoil things. I think that's totally fine. Do my best. Yeah, I, um, yeah, Logan, what a bummer for him. Definitely, definitely he's not the, like, I mean, he is definitely more uh, sympathetic. No, I I don't know what I'm trying. There's, you feel more empathy and sympathy toward him in this episode, but also then he goes, like, she calls him uh, on his phone and his answering machine is something like snide and stupid. And you're like, what a dick like he's just like an annoying person still not team logan that's yeah. funny to say it like that because team logan always means something else from it means gilmore <laughs> girls but i'm not on oh, team logan wow. but i like seeing the other side of him mm-hmm. but okay we're talking about the storyline so i have other notes from it when they're at the hotel pretending to be engaged them being logan and veronica mm-hmm. 
Like I get that in real life, they're probably like 25 year olds playing 18 year olds or playing 17 year olds. But in the show, we're supposed to believe two 17 year olds that look like 17 year olds because that's the age they are walked up to a hotel counter and was like, we're on our honeymoon. And the guy was like, yes, here's a $1,500 suite. Like that, that would be a normal interaction. Uh, yes. I'm about to nitpick. They, they were saying they were going to plan their honeymoon, that they'd just gotten engaged. And she was like tra- playing the role of a very Okay. Like, so they're, they're getting bride. engaged. Yes. Right. Again. Again. I mean, I understand. that even legal? Can you get married at that age? 18. And so I have no idea what the rules are. But yeah. Uh, I mean- Yes, you're right. That it's man ridiculous. would have laughed in their faces in <laughs> he real did. life. He was snotty about it. He was sort of like, here are our low price rooms. And then she sort of forced his hand to show him or like talk about the higher priced rooms. But yes, I know. I, I just, it's, it's ridiculous. just that Veronica pretends to be anything she wants to be all the time. And I just think Fair. more often than we see, she would get laughed at. Yes. Like people just Especially, go along with everything she does. Just she looks even like as old as she is now she looks small and young like i yeah i think people would think i just don't buy that she's getting through all these closed doors so easily you know metaphorical closed doors just by pretending to be whoever she wants to be it's a nice thought i like to think that i could just do that yeah well i mean i anyway i like to think that upn (laughs) it's just so ridiculous sometimes and this is one of the times where i was like it's just taking me out of it a little like that that feels really ridiculous uh, I did laugh out loud when she pulled out her binder and Logan said, wow, sugar puss, you've certainly been a busy little V. Like, please, who wrote that? That was so funny. A plus comedy. <laughs> uh, yes, agree on all accounts. This is, yeah, this is definitely like Pretty Little Liars level of suspending your disbelief to allow the plot to just sort of continue. Um Maybe okay. we should do that show. That would be an interesting one. Oh my God. We would I don't think I could insane. get through it. I only got through like the first season, even at the age I was at when it came out, I stopped watching after the first season. So that's a, probably not. I too stopped watching. I have a quick plug for a very long YouTube video by Mike's Mike. Shout out Mike's Mike. That is a recap of all of the Pretty Little Liars seasons. It's unhinged. It's in the title. He calls it an unhinged recap. It's really great. And for someone who it didn't see to be the entire unhinged. thing. Yes. And he has like one of those boards up, like as though he's solving a crime and like with all the threads. But there's no way it all people. makes sense, right? Like if you actually start to try to connect everything, like there's no way it actually works. Right. Which is what he goes into. It's very good. I would recommend. Um, yeah. Anyway. Is that how this show ends up? I don't know. I hope not. Less so. I'm going to mm-hmm. say off the bat. I don't yeah. think I realized that this show was at all giving those vibes. I think I was expecting I more so somehow a more teens. serious show. No, but in general, I mean, like the whole concept of watching this and now my experience actually watching it has been mm-hmm. an interesting adjustment of my thoughts about this show. Not that yeah. it's bad, but <laughs> no, this is all part of it. Part of, part it's, of the, the journey. It's very teen sometimes. I think that was all Quite of teen. my notes about the Logan storyline. Can we talk about the Duncan storyline? It's Duncan shorter, and, but I have thoughts. Meg. Yes, please. Simply, absolutely not. You don't like him going after Meg or you don't think they belong together or what? I continue to have no idea what to make of Duncan. I'll admit it. I don't, I cannot make heads and tails of this man. I, I, the character makes zero sense to me. I do not understand him. He was organizing the dance, but he's like little Mr. High School Spirit. I didn't he, know that. I didn't expect that. He's I was confused about class that. class president. Remember like episodes and episodes ago, he won the- No, I forgot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I had forgotten. So, but like that combined with like, he was like this cool jock and he has like, po- he's popular and he has friends, but what he's like- What sport does he play? Like, I don't- we don't looks like right. he plays lacrosse. We don't know. He just, he just gives <laughs> he gives lacrosse. Although yeah. it's California. Did they have lacrosse? I don't know if they have lacrosse in California. If that feels like a very northeast sport. It does. It Someone does. from California, let me He's know. Right in. If you guys have lacrosse. I think Duncan is just is it it's still a character that makes no sense to me. I don't know how else I can describe that. There's too many facets of his personality. Doesn't feel like they all belong to the same man. And then he doesn't get a lot of screen time. So I'm not able to like really understand him as a person because we just don't see him that much. So him going after Meg doesn't doesn't really feel any certain way to me. I'm like, okay, I guess we're learning more about his type in women. My problem what? is that Meg is a effing 
bitch. I'm wow. sorry. That's like anti-feminist to say. However, it's also anti-feminist to take your best friend's ex boyfriend. Also, are they friends? I actually don't know if Veronica <laughs> Mayer, like I've seen her once before and she showed up in this episode and I was like, you all right, really that liked girl. Her. are they friends? I liked her, but now I don't like her. Mm. You don't do that. That's like, that's just, everyone knows that you don't do that. And then she was like, I don't really understand why you're giving me the cold shoulder. Like, is it because of Duncan? I'm sorry, girlfriend, Duh. you are dating your friend's ex. It's just a no. It's a, it's a, it's a no. You don't do that. Yeah. It seems out of character of the Meg that we met. Like she seemed like the kind of person who was very like emotionally intelligent and has been, yeah, trying to re-friend. It seemed like they were friends and Meg is one of the one people in her former crowd that is like, I don't really see the need. Like, I don't want you to be a social prior with me. I would love for us to remain friends. Screw everyone else. And then is like, but you mind if I date your boyfriend and don't actually ask you how you feel about it and then act like you're ignoring me for no reason. So yeah, it just like doesn't really fit. I agree with you. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. It's her trying to figure out who her secret admirer was also annoyed me. I like she used just, I guess in the age of like, we can just, you know, look on Instagram and stalk people uh, and Veronica had all of the tools at her disposal to do that before just like your average person could. But I just felt like she was being lazy. She's making Veronica do the work for her. That seemed very doable on her own. Yeah. Just like use the normal, the ch normal channels of like gossip and whatever. Right. I, it was, that whole thing was very weird. And I was ready for that storyline to die. And then there was, she, Veronica used the like sketch artist. And then there was like the sketch in her backpack or wherever it was. And I literally was like, do I recognize that person? Am I supposed to recognize that person? Who is that man? And then I was like, was that Duncan? That wasn't a very good sketch if it was Duncan. And then it was Duncan. And I was like, oh. So it wasn't a very good sketch. Like but you at least think they'd make a more similar likeness if it was supposed to be obviously Duncan. I never know with sketch artists. Like I, they're supposed to get close, but not perfect. And whenever they're but too perfect in shows. Good. Yeah. I would, regardless, I had forgotten about the sketch artist plot point earlier in the episode. And so when that came out, I was like, what, what was this from? Like, where did this come from? Um, so I'm glad that you remembered because I was a little like, this is a little out of left field. But yeah, and yeah, then I think she like hired one, but it didn't look very good. Anyway, the point is Meg is the worst now. She's on my number one worse than Logan. Wow. List. Cute outfits though. Meg's Cute dance outfits. in the for the 80s dance was a recreation of the pretty and pretty in pink. Wow. Pretty in pink prom dress. You've also said her dance for the dance. Dress for the dance. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize like I in the beginning of the episode they said it was an 80s theme but then by the time they were getting ready for the dress for the dance dress you did it please <laughs> you've done this to me I blame you by the time they're getting ready for the dance I was like why does Veronica look like she's entering the 80s it was very confusing to me and then I remembered that reason. I had forgotten the crimp tear was so funny yeah that was pretty good I actually <laughs> thought that was pretty epic um I, I particularly liked Meg's dress but the theme yes. Veronica was so funny her outfit was so funny hers is also a reference I just can't remember what to and I looked it up and I didn't write it down for some reason but it was another 80s reference to another movie I have um one more thing to yeah. say about Veronica and Duncan before we move on mm -hmm. when she in the beginning I wrote this down because I had thoughts Veronica at the beginning says about Duncan. She's reminiscing about going with Duncan to the dance and yeah. says, now I know better. It felt like love, but maybe it was just, and then she trails off and doesn't say more words. I'm sorry. Was she going to say fa familial bond? Maybe it was just siblings liking each other. Like where was she going with that? Because then it transitioned into her, like thinking about their parent, you know, the parents and the, like, who's, who's her dad and whatever, but she trails off and doesn't say anything. So again, was yeah. she gonna say family bond i thought I, it was love but maybe it was just good old sibling like <laughs> intuition yeah i do think that was where it was going unfortunately so horrible yes but that was my last comment on that i had one really quick comment on wallace otherwise i'm done with the random comments and we can talk about the like case of the week it was just that wallace had a really funny line that to me was really funny and i actually don't know if it was supposed to be comedy or if it was just 2005 but he is the most unserious character and mm. he 
cracks me up. And at one point he asked Veronica, what is it with you girls and your girly girl drama? <laughs> girly girl drama. I want to like make a brand. I want to make a that. brand of women's clothes that's called girly girl drama. Yeah, I want that on a sweatshirt. Just Done. me and my girly girl drama. Mm-hmm. I also just like don't really buy their friendship, but that's that's not, I've said that before. Even after we don't the next episode, it. I really liked the next episode. When she makes him snicker, Wallace like, in the next. Oh, yeah. Wallace okay. is the next episode. I mean, it's not. It's they're friends. I just like don't know that I buy them as friends. Like I see the way that they're friends, but it, if again, I'm thinking about real life. I'm thinking about being in high school. I'm thinking about this girl and this guy being friends, and I don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't. I don't have the same issues with with these cross uh, group friendships. But I just, just I just don't think Veronica's whole like I was popular, but now I'm a social pariah. Like it just doesn't really make logical sense to me. And it might never. I might just have to I have to accept I this. Think that's yeah, I think that's probably true for you. <laughs> it's not working for me, but that's fine. Okay, case of the week. Yes. Although right before we do that, there was another like poor Logan bit, which ties in for his stuff when he shows up as Tom Cruise in risky business with no pants and slides in very drunk, making a fool of himself. And Veronica has to extricate. Is that it? Is that what a word I meant? whatever herself from her dance with leo and get him home and then instead trina allison hannigan shows up and is not super compassionate but does get him home anyhow sad bummer poor logan okay now we can go to case of the week i liked the twist this time and i thought to myself wow i'm really never gonna guess the twist and (laughs) even though we just talked about it and i was like maybe i'll start trying to guess i was so shook this one had me like what it was especially because they were blending in I even forgot I I remembered there was something fishy about the person asking about her fiance I putting that in air quotes um but I couldn't remember what it was and then as Veronica's dad is being followed around by these people I kept I kept being like oh this is like this is unlocking a memory but I don't remember exactly what it was and yeah it was a it was a pretty good twist and like tie in to both of those I guess all of those scenes. I thought there was going to be a twist with like, okay, so this girl is looking for her husband, fiance, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously like she's, I thought it was that she was, you know, maybe just she'd been duped. Like she's looking for something that's not really there. I didn't see her as the aggressor. It's not the right word as the, (laughs) yeah. As the scammer kind of, but scammer is like too nice of a word for what this was. And I thought the guy was going to end up being like some, someone totally, maybe a criminal, maybe like Uh, just someone not good or like someone that was lying to her. Yeah. And then there was, thinking back, there were enough moments where her dad was like, like drop this case. Like, what are you doing? That it makes sense that in the end, he was the one to like save her from it and like Mm -hmm. find out that he was, that the guy was actually in witness protection program and that. Veronica almost like really ruined this dude's life. Like that would have been so bad. Like this was a more dramatic case of the week, I feel, than normal because it also ties back into this concept that isn't reinforced often that Veronica is just a kid. Like everything she's doing for this detective agency is very like not legal. Like she's like, she's always like acting like just the assistant, the secretary, the whatever. Mm -hmm. And like she's doing all this stuff behind the scenes. And most of the time it goes just fine. And her dad is like supportive to a point, although always sort of looking out for like her safety and Mm -hmm. she always sort of ignores him. But for this to be like one time where like Veronica was literally about to ruin someone's life and the dad had to step in to be like, this, this is a learning lesson. I liked that. I liked that it was a learning lesson. Veronica's just a kid because it also is like the opposite of what I was saying earlier, which was like, how is how is she just walking into wherever and lying yeah. and everybody believes her all the time. And so for her to finally get a wake up call, I liked that. Let's yeah. humble her a little. It is also like, I feel like when you're a kid watching these shows, your tendency is to relate more obviously to like the main character, the teen and watching as an older person, like an adult and seeing her constantly make these choices that are very reckless and her dad all the time, not, I would, I wouldn't call it nagging her, but in her point of view, just like being overly protective, like clearly he's not, he is the right amount of protective, maybe even a little less protective than he could be, or like less, um, restrictive than he could be 
Oh yeah. His teenage daughter. Way too much freedom. He's super lenient. But I feel like when I watched this, when I was younger, I was less likely to be like, I was, I was more likely to be like, God, what a drag her dad sometimes is like, he really cares about her. That's nice. But like he, she knows how to handle herself because I was a kid thinking like I could handle myself. Yeah. There's no way we were sitting there thinking like, wow, he's really giving her too much freedom. He should put a lid on that. Like, wow, what an ideal relationship. Lock that down. (laughs) No, also like normally they give me like weird vibes. I don't like that. They're like friend vibes instead of dad vibes. So I liked that he was dad vibes this time. Mm. Noting, noted. Um, One more major comment on this episode before we move on, at least from my end. And this is a huge one. This is actually my most important comment of all. Schmidt and Veronica. What's uh, what's that man's name? What's the character's name? Leo. Yes. So so they've formalized their relationship in this episode. Mm -hmm. The cop comes. Leo goes to the dance. Mm -hmm. So so first I was astonished. Slow dancing with a seventeen year old when you're a cop, crazy. Mm -hmm. Literally. But then, take yourself to jail, Leo. I'm so confused. Like you are, you're kissing a seventeen year old in her high school. You're a grown adult you're older than i'm sorry he's like at least 21 if he's a cop detective right is he a detective i believe he's 21 i think we found out that he's 21 yeah okay so again take yourself to the jail where you work and lock yourself in right close the doors handcuff yourself you should go to prison and how is everyone just okay with this how much has changed in the last 15 years or 18 years oh my god this show aired so long ago (laughs) That like that would even be potentially okay. At least in Pretty Little Liars, like they knew to hide it. It was not Whoa, okay. But not all of the other like college age slash older. Because 21 is college. Like there were plenty of college students that were dating high school students in shows like Pretty Little Liars. And he's working, so it seems worse. I mean, look, get, listen, 17 to 21 is still like, I would not condone it, but I'm just saying, no, I get what you're saying. I'm probably yeah. overlooking it. I haven't watched a lot of these shows in so long. I was just thinking about the Aria teacher and, teacher, Mr. Yeah. and obviously they hid that, but that's also, there's layers to that. He's the, he's her teacher. It's obviously wrong, but I would say that for this, he's her cop. He's a, he's a police <laughs> he's man. Cop. He's your it's deputy sheriff. Wrong. Like yeah, if it were like the weird. older brother of a friend and that man was 20, I feel like that would seem like typical teen show to me and wouldn't seem like home from college, like take yeah. the man to jail. But he works as a policeman and yeah, he's poetic kissing a 17 year old in or anti-poetic her I don't know. high school. I don't know. It feels so crazy to me. He should feel ashamed of himself for being at that high school dance. And then also for kissing a 17 year old, but just like, yeah, just don't go. That's unfortunate. Everything that's, about that. Yeah. Um, I have also no more notes for this. I did look up again, the viewership. So for this one, I have a viewership and then a comparative. You had asked me last time for a show that aired around the same time so that you could compare the viewers. I don't have the episode of ranking for this one, but I do for the next Rusky Business uh, there were 2.34 million viewers on the day that it aired. In the same week, the OC, which was a more, um, a slightly more popular show, I feel like you knew about the OC, yeah, back in 2005, 5.35 million. So about three mm. million viewers more for the OC in this week than Veronica Mars. Interesting. Just for a little comp. That's probably okay. also like the net the network difference because yeah, CW was, it was oh. always like a smaller network. Well, no, wait, the OC was, oh, I, I have no idea. Remember. I was going to say like ABC, but I'm fully making that up. You you may actually be right because I think I looked this up on the ABC ranking. Uh, no, I don't know. No, it's not feeling right that it was ABC now that I say that. I said it, but I don't believe in it. I didn't watch the OC when it aired, so I don't really have any memories. I think it was also the WB. The, the WB. No, I think it was. So whatever I was about to say is wrong. Anyhow, well, I have the the next one. I have a Grey's Anatomy comparison, so we can. Oh, okay. I'll be interested for that. Yeah. Okay, we can move to episode sixteen. I feel like the end of episode fifteen, it sort of goes into the episode sixteen. So that's Veronica meeting her mom. But before we do that, do you want to tell me things about the episode as you sure. normally do? 
Yeah. A little synopsis. Um, no, but that was, yeah, that was a good lead in. I forgot that at the end of episode 15, she gets, she realizes that the person who's been like crank calling her calling and then hanging up is actually her mom from a payphone, um, and decides to go do something about it. So in this episode called Betty and Veronica, which aired March 29th, 2005. Um, Veronica is shocked when Van Clemens hires her to track down the missing school mascot, Polly the Parrot, but is distracted by memories of her recent reunion with her mother. Meanwhile, she de- digs deeper into the Lily Kane case using her new relationship to gain access to private information. She also realizes she's been bugged. A lot, as usual, happens in this episode. Uh, we don't actually see her reunite with her mother in real time. It's just through flashbacks. Like I said, this was... Written by Diane Ruggiero, directed by Michael Fields. Um, yeah, this, like I said, a lot of facets to this this episode again. Um, what do you have as your first note? It was about Clarence Weedman. Weedman? How, how mm-hmm. do you say that? Right. She... So in the end of the first episode, I was like, who is that man that saw her in the bar? I didn't realize it was Clarence Weedman. I don't... I guess I don't know what he looks like. So, cause that did not occur to me. So then my first note is actually just me putting that together. I thought it was like very odd. Odd's not the right word. There are times where this show doesn't feel like the cute little teen show that I thought it was going to. And one of those is the man placing a listening device in her room. And actually my note is, wow, that's some that's pretty effed up. I know we could just put an explicit. You already said bitch. I keep <laughs> like almost, I keep, my notes are very explicit. My written notes. It's mm-hmm. just who I am. It's like crazy to me that there was a listening to us in her room. And then I said, sometimes I think, wow, this is fucked up. And then I remember that a teen girl was brutally murdered and someone covered it up. So I don't really know why my instinct is to call this a cute little teen show. Mm. Yeah. It's got those elements. It's got the like little teen love, you know things but definitely there's also she's trying to figure out who murdered her best friend so yeah um okay Clarence Weedman yes that was the person who saw her in the bar I think I had thoughts about mom but like it was very chaotic to me the way they did this the way they did it all in flashbacks I did not like I I sort of get why they did it but I really didn't like that device and then just the chaos of like the reunion there was a lot going on because veronica is basically trying to like get information out of her mom her mom's being like very oddly not forthcoming for somebody that she hasn't seen in a year and who is like embroiled in this my best friend was murdered situation Mm -hmm. her mom is like oh well it's like it's complicated veronica it's a long story i'm sorry why why no that doesn't make any sense. You well, okay. Let me just come to the defense of not to the defense of the mother, but we do realize that she is heavily like self-medicating and an alcoholic. Oh, and it so, took it did take me a while to realize that. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So the reason so at this point I did not know. That's very fair. But we do realize that like part of the reason that she's so annoying, <laughs> which is a yeah, uh, and like not giving Veronica any of the information she wants and seeming just sort of like a bad mother is that she is clearly needs some help. Um, yeah, pretty depressing for Veronica. In this we went from poor Logan to poor Veronica. In this it's episode. so sad. Yeah, I don't think I really realized you, there's a point where she says, like, oh, like I need another drink. And Veronica's like, no, like I want to talk to you. And that was where I was like, oh, okay, so that's explaining the behavior. Like she has obviously been acting weird. And so then I connected those points. And then at the end, it really hammers it home when she says, like, I spent my whole savings. And you find out she's talking about spending her savings on rehab for her mom, yeah. which is yeah, horribly sad. And also like doesn't rehab like not work most of the time so then for her to like give away her college money just sad on many levels but we did still learn things I think my biggest takeaway from this episode was like the stuff we learned about that night I honestly didn't care at all about what was the case of the week like a mascot or something oh yeah Polly the parent that was yeah silly I didn't really care about that but there was a lot going on with the case Mm -hmm. so my first takeaway was well, I thought we were learning that Veronica's mom and Jay Kane had an affair, but then as the episode went on, it sounds like Veronica's story was true that like she met with Jake to talk about something and that they weren't sleeping together, but we don't know 
what they talked about, right? She said that she, Duncan's mom, wait, Duncan's mom, wait, I'm confused. I'm reading my notes. Duncan's mom called Veronica to say that there was important news about her and Duncan that she should know. And then Veronica's mom met up with Duncan's dad to tell her to back off. Is that true? Uh, I think so. I got a little lost listening to you, but yes. I know there was too many moms and dads. (laughs) So Duncan's mom called Veronica. Duncan's mom called uh, Veronica's mom. Veronica's mom. And was sort of like- There was important news about Veronica and Duncan. No, you're right. Uh, Veronica's mom- I mean, sorry, Jesus. (laughs) Duncan's mom was threatening to tell, was, was always- sort of anti-Veronica, didn't want them to date, was like dropping hints places. And then Veronica's mom called Duncan's mom and, or sorry, called Duncan's dad to tell Duncan's mom to back off saying like, hey, if you keep this up, I will, you know, sue you for paternity rights, blah, 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 blah. Which as we've discussed earlier, maybe suing for like maybe the mom suing is different than Veronica's getting random money from her biological father. Yeah, because she could sue for like um, husband support. What? What's the word I want? Yeah, spousal support. I guess there was there was something in there that was confusing to me about like who called who and what who did what. But the takeaway that was important was her mom, Veronica's mom, thinks that Jake Kane is her dad. No, she just isn't sure. She just right. she just can't know for certain because at but some she point thinks that it's yeah. right. So, but the fact that she thinks it's possible is noteworthy because up to this point it had just been Veronica like speculating based on like things she'd heard and put together. But for Veronica's mom to say to her face like, "I actually don't know who your dad is," like, yikes! That would be traumatic. That would cause trauma <laughs> for Veronica. <Yeah. laughs> at least she's had a little bit of time to wrap her head around that possibility. But yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah, a little bit I of thought a it was just like extra horrifying. Yeah. But we do learn if you can trust Veronica's mom in her state that she was in, that she wasn't actively having an affair with Jake Kane. So that was another thing that was like noteworthy. And then her Veronica's dad, when she was doing the when he was doing the investigation, talked to Duncan's dad. I wish I knew these people's first names because calling everyone so Dad Celeste, mom. Celeste Kane is Duncan's mom, and I can't remember Duncan's dad's name. So Mr. Kane and Celeste. Jake, Jake Kane. There you go. I have that one written down. Okay. So, and what's Veronica's dad's name? Uh, Mr. Keith. <laughs> okay. So Keith is interrogating Jake, Jake, and is asking him about the night. And he doesn't know that his wife, Veronica's mom, went to go see Jake. So Jake's story, right? Or does he know? And he knows Jake's lying. Keith knows Jake's lying. Is that what you're saying? I think he knows Keith's lying because Keith's lying really terribly, but I don't think he knows exactly what happened. (laughs) Sorry. Keith knows Jake is lying. I literally hate these names. Keith knows Jake is lying because Jake is saying like, oh, we just went to a hotel to like have sex. And Keith's like, "Mm, feels like a lie. And Jake's like, no, we like go sometimes. And Keith's like, okay, pull out receipts. And instead of Jake being like, here are the receipts, Jake's like, why are you being like this man? So like Keith knows he's lying, Mm -hmm. but Keith doesn't know that his wife, Veronica's mom was with Jake the night of the murder. Correct. So Jake can't clear his name by saying I was with your wife because that would be bad for him because she's she had said don't tell anyone or i'll sue for parental money and also saying that he was with his wife gives her an alibi uh so like jake jake we know that's important that is important so jake kane if again if veronica's mother is to be believed what like is accounted for during the time of his daughter's death so he's lying about where he was but he was at a hotel it just wasn't with celeste it was with veronica's mom um celeste like kind of just piggybacked onto this uh alibi by saying she was in the hotel room with 
um, her husband. And yeah, Keith also knows they're lying because he asked, he was doing his like interrogation thing and saying, what did you do first? And Jake said, I turned on the TV and he says, what was playing? And he's like, I don't know. And then Celeste later is recounting the same thing, essentially like word for word what Jake said. But then Keith asks her like, what was on TV that night? And she was like, we weren't watching TV. Like we were making love or whatever. And he's like, something Ew, every here. time someone said make love, I vomited in my mouth. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Especially pretty Veronica's gross. dad says it like eight times in the span of like 30 seconds. And I was like, please, sir, you have to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Not pleasant. Anyway, so yeah. Celeste is a little bit unaccounted for. Jake, we have, but they're covering for some reason is what we is what we're learning. Like either Jake is covering for Celeste or the, they're lying. Even though Jake wasn't there, it's messy is what it is. Yeah, it really puts the target more on Celeste than I realized while I was watching it. Like, mm. I was just, oh, everyone's lying. Like, my head was sort of spinning. This is yeah. why I don't figure out who who done it and who done it. Because I just get really caught up in the details. Makes my head spin. We also a learned a little bit about, like, Abel Kuntz and his involvement. And I want to make sure my takeaway from that was right. Yes, so please. Veronica like asks her dad why you'd go into jail for a sum of money because we did learn that Abel Kuntz was paid. Or Veronica mm-hmm. thinks, I can't remember if, if we know for sure, but she thinks Abel Kuntz was paid to take the fall. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Abel Kuntz has a daughter and he got the money for her, presumably. But we don't know why. Yes. So to put it all together, we learn in this episode that Abel Coons has a daughter, which finally sort of makes sense of why he would be willing to accept a large sum of money for going to jail. Like it's falling into place that he's dying anyway. So going to jail for the rest of his life is not that long of a life. Uh, but it's still bit like, it still raises the question, why would you do that in exchange for money if you are going to die and not be able to use the money? And him having a daughter explains that. So he's like leaving an inheritance to his daughter, potentially to make up, like make amends for the way that he was absent or for, for other things, because I think it was in a straight, like they, he split up from her mom, whatever it may be. It appears that Abel Coons took the fall for money to leave an inheritance for his daughter. And sort of like be a silent martyr almost. Um, so it sort of wraps up the whole like someone found Abel Koontz and found out that he was the perfect person to frame because he had nothing to lose and everything to gain for his daughter. And that's it. That makes sense. And also, like, I don't really have anything good to say about the people who framed. Him because obviously they're covering up a crime, but like at least they didn't frame somebody that didn't want to go to jail. Like at least yeah, they, paid they did it kindly. Do you yeah. have any guesses about who yeah, framed? Like, that's nice. <laughs> who framed him? Or not yet? You're just you're just going oh, on. Oh man, the flow. I never I never think this far ahead. Okay, let's see. So it seems right now suspicious that Celeste. Doesn't have an alibi. However, I do not think Celeste murdered her daughter in cold blood. That feels like not where this show's going. I don't think that Lily was supposed to die. I think it was a side effect of some weird shady business situation with Jake's company. And they're covering up a larger plot by covering up why lily died Ooh, wow you've got a lot of layers here that's my conspiracy theory i like it nice okay um yes what else have that we kind of covered the abel coon slash mother plot and then yeah i i agree polly the parrot was a silly side plot i liked like i mentioned before i liked the wallace veronica aspect of that but otherwise it really only served to give the episode a name, which was Betty and Veronica, because Veronica pretends to be a high school student named Betty who came from Riverdale High, which is a nod to the um, Archie comics. So 
and two at Riverdale the show which was not well, out for another like 10 years actually more than that I think on the same network question mark right yeah eventually yeah so the CW must own like the Archie, Archie comics. comics because they also did the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina right, right they right. did uh Katie Keen there's like a, a few of those but oh that plot didn't really do anything for me yeah the friendship was cute mm-hmm. again something that took me out of the show there's always one every episode she leaves her high school she leaves in the middle of the day veronica leaves in the middle of the day no yes i knew this, i knew you would she bump on this right out the door and then walks into another high school where she's not enrolled and nobody knows her with nobody says anything she walks right through the front doors presumably the front doors uh, that the, the walking into another high school doesn't surprise me as much. I feel like I could do that. I mean, not now, but when I was in high like school, a high school age person, maybe yes. could. Yeah. And then Perhaps, the students would assume, but in the middle of the day like that. And would yeah. they really just assume you were a new student? Yeah. What else would it be? An exchange student maybe like, I don't know. Usually like they introduce them. Oh, hello. We have a new student here. Not in front of the entire, like in in a class, maybe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, like that part is fine. You're right. That part's fine. The leave, it was leaving. the dual leaving with nobody saying anything and entering with nobody saying anything that I just was like, there were rules in 2005. Don't tell me there weren't. So the yes, no, agreed. But when the principal asks her to do it, she does finagle her way into some some absences which I'm assuming she uses one of them. I did forget that she like got permission to do this. Yeah. It's, it's a little patchy. Like they could have done better at explaining it, but I think they just sort of were trying to let the viewer do the, I don't know, do the explaining. It was too hand wavy for me. I don't like the hand wavy. Got it. Unrealistic stuff. Anyway. I mean, okay. Again, I, I'm surprised at how often, like, I really thought something was going to happen if I walked out of school. There were plenty of times, especially when I was a senior, when I had like school sanctioned things, but no one quite, like, no one asked me for a pass or proof when I just walked out of the high school into my car and drove somewhere else. Like, I had to go to like, especially if you went through the back. Yeah. No, you're right. I think what this is telling everyone is that we were big nerdy rule followers and everyone else is like, no, you could totally just you walk out leave. the high school. And we just didn't know that because they told us we couldn't. And so we thought we couldn't. I distinctly remember in like junior, senior year doing that for the first time being like, no one noticed. Like I was allowed to leave. I had permission, but still I was like, wait, this is so strange. You can just leave during the day and literally no one cares. I anyway you could do that I don't think I ever tried yeah but I um, would believe that you could I would believe it if somebody told me that I was being too yeah, rule yeah, too trusting of the rules being enforced yeah I um unless you have other things I have a few pieces of trivia and then the Grey's Anatomy comp for like where this ranked during the week's viewing go for it okay so I learned while researching this episode something that I need to double check, but they said that Kristen Bell speaks Polish, that she's of Polish descent and she speaks Polish. Again, don't quote me on that as being completely factual, but I'm going to look that up for next time because that's interesting news. Um, I'm going to believe you until you tell me otherwise. Perfect. Uh, I also, (laughs) there is a little bit of a hole that you didn't mention. I feel like you were fixated on the school thing, but um, one of the sub, the subplot of the episode where she goes she flies to barstow to find her mother veronica lives according to the show's geography between san diego and los angeles in this fictional town the drive time to barstow from san diego is three hours with no traffic where she left in the middle of the night so that would have been no traffic the nearest commercial airport is an hour away from barstow so like you have to fly and then drive an hour it would have made more sense to drive than to fly it doesn't really make any sense anyway I was stuck on that. Um, No, I kind of picked up on that, but I didn't know where she was going, so I didn't look it up. I just thought the flying was ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't they have just had her be driving distance away? Right. And that she had to, yeah, it was just silly. Um, And then the final piece of info is the viewership. So this episode had 2.33 million viewers, and it was 113th on the rankings of shows this week versus... Grey's Anatomy, which was third in the rankings, 
the same Let me guess. week. Okay. 13 million. A hundred percent. Correct. 13 million. Wait, really? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> but oh then I have, I have another. Am I a genius? Yes. Am I psych? Yes. I have another uh, comp I forgot about that I did this one. Bones. Bones also was airing in 2005 and I have the ranking for this week. So it was, so Grey's Anatomy was third. Um, Veronica Mars was 113th. Bones was number 19 in these rankings. Do you want to guess what the viewership was for number 19? Six million. I feel less sure about this one. 4.5 million. I mean, it's a, well, you can't be, I couldn't have pulled that one out twice. That would have been too crazy. People would have thought I was lying. You cheated. I thought you were, yeah, Googling it. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit of a, you know, a look into what was happening. I was just reminded about Bones the other day. I can't remember why. It was a it happens show. every once in a while. Oh, you know why? It was because I was looking at those auctions that they're doing for the like to raise money for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they, and they've memed it, but I looked through the original ones, and you could do a Zoom call with the Bones people, really? and I was like, hmm, I kind of want that. I just really <laughs> always loved Bones, and then I was like, should we rewatch Bones? But that would really not be fun for the podcast. But just in general, so long. But I would love it. Yeah, it's so it's like eleven seasons, but it's so fun. That was like such a great show to binge. It was. It was a. It was. A, I, th- I watched some of it when it was on too. It was on for long enough that I feel like I was able to also watch. I think by the doing. end I was watching. Yeah, by the last mm-hmm. like two seasons. Fun. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Catch us next time for what? What will we be doing next? Probably another top five of some streaming service, potentially. Maybe we'll have strike news from the, like by then and we can talk about so. some upcoming fall shows. We, sh- we should talk about some upcoming fall shows that are being aired because some some places like Apple don't really care that they don't have promotion. They're just going to let some shows drop. They never anyway. cared anyway. They never yeah. promoted their shows in the first place. So what has changed for them? Nothing. So maybe some updates about like what actually is dropping this fall and what would have dropped had the strike not continued into the end of the summer like this. Perfect. We'll be back. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take Podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.